Welcome to another episode of the Rosk Podcast. Still don't know what episode number this is, but thank you for being here. This week we're talking about a topic discussed in a blog post I wrote a while back called To the Left and Right of You. And I get this from Simon Sinek, who I will be quoting a lot and referring to a lot. Um, he's a huge mover and shaker in the world of developing leadership and playing the infinite game and the idea that leaders eat last. In fact, he has a book called Leaders Eat Last, which I'm hoping we'll be able to cover in some way, shape, or form in the podcast. But this was inspired by the fact that I was reflecting on this idea that I have talked about before and continue to talk about after this, of the idea of a follower being a leader at the same time as being a follower. And what does that even mean? I said that a couple of times, and it made a little bit of sense to me because I, I sort of it came to me through listening to Simon and it sort of made some intuitive sense, but I couldn't completely articulate it to myself, let alone to anyone else. And so I started to think about some of the things that he gives examples of the biggest one being um, things like the military, where you talk to them about what it is that makes them go into a situation or have a career based on the fact that they could lose themselves or someone else. And yet at the same time, they still form such a close bond, sometimes even stronger than family, with these people that could potentially not be there the next day. And they put themselves in the middle of danger. What is it that drives them to get to that point? And what Simon mentions a number of times is that the answer is often, they would do it for me. And so that got me thinking about what it is about the infinite game and what it is about a follower being a leader of his or her group and how that plays into what we do on a daily basis. And the first insight that I wanna mention, the first of three insights, is that leadership is a skill and skills are learned and acquired. So leadership is a skill that needs to be learned. And it's important to wrap your head around the concept of this in general understanding that skills are far more common than talents or natural ability and skills can be learned. Now, with regards to the infinite game, this is something that uh, I think still um, sort of I struggle with it making an impact to me. So it's not something I talk about a lot, but it's the idea of understanding that playing a finite game, trying to play to win in the world of business or in the world of just your job in general, your career, um, it lends towards what we've talked about in the past about a transactional nature of things and things being more self-preservationist. Whereas playing the infinite game, you have something that's, that's larger than what, you're, what you have in front of you, larger than yourself. And I think what's important to also understand about that is it doesn't have to be a common mission. It can be something within you that another person doesn't necessarily hold that same view. But I think the collective intention of having an infinite game of having a larger goal than yourself to work towards is probably something that lends to this again that's just my thought right now but it's not something that i've really fleshed out in my mind because it's not something that's clicked with me in a way that moves me yet but within that space is understanding that when you're playing an infinite game the desire to move pieces in a certain way starts to change. 
the targets that you have, the intentions that you have, the the way you see conflict, the way you see resolution, the way you see problems that arise. But what it also does is, if not completely thought out, it can actually lead to a lot of frustration because you get into the mentality of wanting to impart that insight that you have on someone else. And the fact of the matter is you can't get someone to play the infinite game the way you are, and you can't expect other people to adopt that philosophy. And so, as Simon talks about, when you feel that prophetic movement within you to spread that idea and to make other people come on board with something that has made such a difference to you, the way to do that is by not doing that. You can't you certainly can't get the entire culture to change like that, let alone the people around you. But so the answer to that is actually just taking care of the person next to you, looking out for the person next to you, the people next to you, the people within your immediate sphere, your immediate team, which might seem like a finite thing. It might seem like a very selfish or relatively selfish thing. But I think we're going to see an introductory idea of how this plays out and ends up being a more effective strategy in creating an infinite game for everybody. And this leads to insight number two, which is something, to paraphrase Simon Sinek, that he talks about, which is leadership is defined by him as not having to do with rank or authority, but rather having to do with taking care of the person to the left and to the right of you. And this leads into a topic that I am more recently writing about that we'll end up talking about in future podcasts, but I don't want to encroach too much on that topic because that's a huge topic that's evolving as well. But the idea of doing more than your fair share, the idea that there is a whole that would need to be completed for any given thing, however abstract that is, and most people gravitate towards doing less than their fair share, going back to that self-preservationist mentality. The transactional nature of what you do in your career, in your job, in your life starts out with you only doing what is necessary. And then what you try to do is become more efficient by figuring out a way to do less than what you need to while portraying a hitting of that mark. And you then start to sort of weigh like... What can I do and not do that will allow me to still maintain whatever it is I'm doing without having to do more? And you're constantly looking for shortcuts and constantly racing to the bottom. Again, a topic that we're going to talk about more. But what that entails is it frustrates all of us. But we need to also be cognizant of us falling into that trap and also understanding that because there are people who will do less than their fair share and you want the whole to be achieved you have to do more than your fair share. The world doesn't revolve around everybody doing just what's necessary. And we see that all the time. This is turning into that topic, but I'll, I'll sort of cap that off with this idea that all of the people you look at in history or in contemporary times that you're just in awe of, that they would do this or do that, or they would swallow their pride or their ego, or they would deserve every right to retaliate or to you know usurp power, um, the, the one that comes to mind most immediately is Nelson Mandela. Having every right to take what's yours and knowing that if you were to take what's yours, it still wouldn't actually even the score. And so that makes you all the more deserving. 
but understanding with that infinite game in mind that leadership is not about rank or authority. It's about taking care of the person to the left and the right of you. And that is absolute. That is not conditional. So the reason why I'm bringing that preview of a topic into this is because we talk a lot about going down the unpaved path. And when leadership is about taking care of the person next to you, that person may not have the leadership quality coming out of them yet. It'll be in them, but it won't be coming out of them. And you might not actually be a leader in the sense of your position or your title. But as a follower, as a team member, as somebody who is one of many, the leadership in you comes out in the form of looking around you, immediately around you, and taking care of those around you. And it can be as simple as seeing how someone is doing, which is, sounds a bit cliche, but really like embodying that idea of checking in on the team around you from a clinical perspective, checking in on the team around you, being cognizant of all of the tasks that need to be done for yourself, but also as a team. Um, and bringing the idea of doing more than your fair share, understanding that for a very long time, perhaps for your entire lifetime, if you're playing the infinite game, it might be completely selfless. And it might be seemingly taking from you more than it's giving you. And that goes back to that infinite game, having a target that's larger than yourself or what's around you, which makes it give you more than it takes. But that takes shifting your frame of reference. It takes changing your mindset. Doing more than your fair share is necessary in order for you to look to the person next to you and apply the concepts and the principles that create leadership. Leaders eat last, something we're going to talk about a lot later on as well. It's, it's a concept that constantly comes up in everything you do. If you don't accept that, nothing will happen. Nothing will change. And, you and it's something that you constantly have to check yourself on. It's something if you check in on daily, check in on hourly, check in on every single time you have the opportunity. It requires conscious effort. It's exhausting. Because you're constantly thinking, you're constantly being aware, and you'll slip, you'll make mistakes, you'll forget, you'll fall into your habits, but you re-up that. And I'm making a point about this because of the fact that you're not going to feel inclined to do so. And that goes back to the people like Nelson Mandela or all these other people that you hear about who you admire and you're just like, that's amazing. And you wish that you could have that push and that drive to do that thing. Guess what? They did not they understood what needed to be done. And it went against their grain. It went against what they wanted. It went against what they felt was on the surface right or fair to them or what they deserved. I am not a parent, but those of you who are parents can probably relate to that very, very closely. Some of you might just feel inclined to sacrifice yourself for the sake of your child. Some of you might not feel immediately inclined to do that. Like you, you might actually have to put that effort in, which there's nothing wrong with that. You're a human being. And this is, that's a, like a, a task that I can't even think how difficult it is. But the point is that you know that in those situations, the optimal thing to do, the thing that pays off the longest and the most uh, all-encompassing thing that, that brings about a, a raising of the baseline level, if that makes sense raises the bar, you could say, is that idea of a leader eating last. 
looking to the person to the left or the right of you and understanding that they're not going to give it to you first. There's not going to necessarily be something that makes you want to do it. I think I mentioned this last time, but the idea of putting your foot on the gas, gaining momentum requires that you take the action of placing your foot on the gas. That's a conscious decision. Doing leads to the ideas, leads to the motivation, leads to the evidence that you give yourself that you're able to carry it out further. And what ultimately ends up happening is it creates a microculture. It creates a sensation that people feel when they're working alongside you. It creates a feeling of reliance. It creates a feeling of relief. And that relief opens up the mind to be able to be more functional. But another way that a person becomes more functional in a situation like that is wanting to live up to the standard that's been created. Some people won't want to. Some people will. Eventually, every person ends up wanting to. Even the most basic of people, basic of mindsets within that group. The sort of interesting thing about that is when enough people do more than their fair share... Those who look to do just the amount they need to end up being enough. But the understanding here is that going back to what I was saying earlier about the way to deal with wanting everyone to have that infinite game mentality is not trying to get them to have that mentality. This is not about other people. This is about you creating an environment for other people to realize that they have a space to do that same thing. It's a really sophisticated form of peer pressure, I suppose. Um, it's, I mean, the idea of peer pressure for teenagers and children comes from a lack of just a deep rooted self-confidence, like an, an unconditional, absolute self-confidence that is not dependent on anyone or anything else, um, anything deficient of that. And there's room for peer pressure to come in. It's a bit like that, but on a more sophisticated level that, when you understand what the infinite game is for you, when you understand what that greater thing is, and I, I don't like saying that only because it sounds a bit abstract and it's an overplayed term, um, working towards something bigger than you, having a vision or a goal or, how, you know, it's, it's, I, I just, I, I want to be able to present something that's more deeper rooted in the ground than that. And when I do figure that out, I will put that in a podcast or a blog post or both. But in, a, in the most concrete way that I can put it, it requires more than just working towards the end of the shift. It requires more than just waiting for the storm to pass. It requires more than just, you know, hey, at, at least I get paid for this. And sometimes there are situations where you fall back on that, right? There are certain times where to prevent yourself from hitting the ground, you catch yourself with the net of, look, it's just a job and every shift ends. But that's a safety net. That's to prevent you from falling too low. But when you have your why and you have your infinite game and you have your bigger thing that you're working towards, you start to realize how that form of selfishness actually leads to a mutual selflessness. And so every time you then take an action that would otherwise feel selfless and otherwise feel like I am giving myself up to this scenario because that person would not do this for me, you look back to that goal, and that is what gets you to understand logically in your brain, not in your heart, that this is the better thing to do and what it will lead towards over time with repetition, with bringing that action forward again and again and 
That's what creates a culture. By doing that over and over, I'll create a space for other people to take an example, take the lead from that, and not only I would benefit from it, but the people around me will begin to benefit from it as well. And then that microculture starts to take some type of shape and others start to gravitate towards it. And then it grows. And that's how cultures grow from a microculture to a macroculture until eventually you have entire departments and multiple departments overlapping. And then you have an entire institution that's built upon an idea that wasn't forced down somebody's throat. It wasn't read on a mission statement plaque. It came from the ground up because it made an impact. It actually made an effect on the people who were in that circle. It rubs off on people. And so that's sort of the third insight to take something that's micro have that infinite game in your mind, understand that leadership is not about rank or authority, but about taking care of the person to the left and to the right of you, and evaluate how you interact with the people to the left and to the right of you. And with that, I will see you next time.